Hello, folks. It is the knickknackjack.com podcast recording another one in quick sequence because I forgot something in my last podcast that I recorded. And it was kind of silly that I forgot considering that went on for an hour and eight minutes and I still haven't edited the damn thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, this will be season six, episode 12. Salute to the gaming god, better known as Nolan Bushnell, the guy that pretty much invented uh, video games and made them what they are today in the modern game industry, all that sort of stuff. Um, I will explain and articulate more in a moment. Uh, Stand by and welcome. I have a rather cruddy memory, um, which is what led to the rather impromptu uh, podcast, but um, I certainly remember from my evolutions of evolution of electronic games class, which is basically the history of the game industry, um, learning about Nolan Bushnell. And um, basically, in summary, I will... Uh, read in part from his uh, Facebook page, because I don't want to get anything wrong, um, and i assuming his Facebook page knows all. Um, he was the CEO of Atari, the one and only Atari, from July 1970 to January 1979. Uh, says in the comments, a little square going back, ball, little square ball going back and forth. Uh, that was Pong, that was the first video arcade. And obviously the video arcade industry kind of exploded until about 1980 when it unexploded. Um, And at a certain point, uh, Mr. Bushnell left Atari. I don't know under what conditions. Uh, It involved business and um, the not doing so well of um, the company at the time and some other complicated things. Um... But um, I don't think he was to blame for that. I think the uh, video arcade market crashed in and of its own accord. Um, I don't think it was a lack of quarters. I don't, you know, I don't know what it was. But, uh, you know, it it boomed and bust, uh, just like many things do in this wonderful country of ours. Um, And it was right about that time that he decided to start Chuck E. Cheese. Um, Oh... Year earlier, okay. Apparently, May 1978 to September 1983, uh, he describes it as big rats, with, big rat with pizza and games. Um, and I can certainly say that uh, though I'm not old enough to have owned an Atari 2600, I am certainly old enough to remember uh, when Chuck E. Cheese was the place to be. Uh, absolutely fantastic place, and I love the animatronics and the the rats singing and. You know, it was just a, a cool place to have a birthday. What can I say? Um, and, of course, it naturally, very intelligently, um, on uh, Mr. Bushnell's part, uh, included arcade games um, and, uh, you know, really 
selling your own product, uh, which is smart. Good marketing. Um, very, very smart. Um, so, Chuck E. Cheese eventually went on to kind of fade away uh, as the arcade fad came back and then went away again. Um, but the thing about it was um, the Atari 2600, which was the home system, uh, was the predecessor to the Intellivision. And after Intellivision came the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, and in 1984, I was born, uh, which is actually, I came before the Nintendo Enter Entertainment System. But uh, I first ran across uh, arcade games probably, I think it was Pole Position in the local Round Table Pizza uh, somewhere around 1988. Uh, and then, of course, eventually I discovered Mario because I had cousins, uh, and then that led to eventually getting a Bachelor's of Arts in Multimedia with an emphasis in game design. Uh, now, I will say I haven't exactly been able to use that, um, but a good part of my life has been spent studying, examining, and enjoying video games. Um, and that would absolutely not be possible if it weren't for Mr. Bushnell, so... Uh, I wanted to specifically take the time to wish him a happy birthday in podcast form. Uh, happy birthday, sir. I hope you have a great day. You're doing awesome things. Um, right now, let's see. What is he doing? Um, he's CEO of Uwink Inc. Uh, and it says in the description here, we make great software and operate very interesting restaurants. Our games are creating a new category of social games. Sounds cool to me. Um, and then he's CTO of Speed to Learn, an educational company providing a new ecosystem for learning using exercise and games that drastically improve outcomes. Uh, which sounds, again, good to me. Um... Going back to the edutainment as, you know, edutainment are the, is a games. Does it work? Does it, do you actually learn things? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I seem to remember a lot from playing Oregon Trail for, what's that wor for what that's worth. Um, and that certainly came in handy when I was uh, driving along the Oregon Trail, better known as I-84 these days, uh, several months back. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is a smart man. He's going in new, creative, innovative directions, um, and I, you know, I really respect his work. Um, you know, I don't necessarily believe what my teacher said, uh, about the convenience of one of the Atari res retreats being in Grass Valley. Uh, because naturally he thinks Grass Valley means pot, and uh, in my experience, there isn't actually a whole lot of pot in Grass Valley. So maybe it was just a nice little foothold, foothill retreat. I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to learn a lot more about this stuff, and um, you know, maybe maybe meet with Mr. Bushnell at some point in my life. Um, I mean, I'd love an interview, but uh, I'm not going to pretend to be skilled enough or, um, I don't know, what would the proper word be, um, diplomatic enough to be able to get that. And even if I did, it would have to be on blog talk, and blog talk sounds like crud, so I don't want to go that way. 
Um, but I definitely do want to pay my respects. Um, it's interesting the way the video game industry is gone since, what, 1970, 1971. Um, you know, first it was the explosion of the arcade games, and then when that died out, we had the home computer come out right about the perfect time, and you had adventure quests and all that good stuff. Um, and then after that, it was Nintendo and the home console system. Uh, I, I mean, Atari did it first, you know, the 2600 came first. Um, but I think it was really Nintendo more than in television that uh, or Atari. Uh, Atari paved the way, but I think it was really Nintendo that, that opened that door. Um, and the funny thing is, what, 20 years later, uh, Nintendo, the very company that started, um, you know, my generation of gaming, I suppose you could say, um, is now becoming probably the least respected, in my opinion anyway, um, uh, maker of video games these days. Um, I think all the respect and innovation in the console market uh, is shared probably about 50-50 between Sony uh, with the PS3 and Xbox with the Xbox 360. Or rather, Microsoft with the Xbox 360. Um, and there again, that was a big lesson for me, big smack in the face for me, because I never thought Microsoft would be successful in the console market. And here it is, I sold my Wii to buy a 360, so uh, that proves that I'm wrong, and that just proves how smart Ed Freeze is, uh, who's another awesome uh, person within the history of video games. Um, he, um, his great accomplishments... Uh, he created the screensaver Fish, which you might, many of you might remember. I certainly remember remember it. Um, and then went on to head uh, Microsoft Game Studios uh, before it seriously took a um, uh, turn in the not so good direction. Um, I think it's no coincidence that uh, after Mr. Freeze left. Uh, Microsoft Game Studios took a turn in a not-so-good direction. Um, but that's my opinion, um, and that's all this podcast is for, is, um, you know, making my opinion known. Um, so there you go. Um, thank you, Mr. Bushnell, for creating such an awesome uh, industry and dynamic industry. I, You know, I don't think anyone... Um, be it Bushnell or Ralph Baer, uh, the other uh, contributor, early contributor to the video game industry, could have possibly c- conceived of what we can do now. Um, Facebook games, all that good stuff, edutainment, console games, computer games, they still do exist. Yes, I know, it's hard to believe, the market is dying, but it's not completely dead. Um, and I don't know, I even though I'm not actively producing games so much. Um, I still think I very much have the mind for a designer. Um, I think I think interactively, not literally. Um, And I think a lot of the basic tips and tricks for making a good game 
uh, can be seen in the early examples of games such as Pong. Um, Pong's straight out simple. It's just simple. Um, but yet, it's still entertaining and engaging. Um, you know, it's literally, uh, what, three vector graphics and collision detection. Uh, that's pretty much the entire game of Pong. Um, and, you know, some physics models as well, I'm pretty sure, because otherwise how could you have the ball bouncing and whatnot. Um, but yet that was entertaining. That was engaging enough to create the industry. Um, and now I think if you look at some of the most, most successful games, um, even including WoW, which pretty much broke the game industry, but, um, you know, they're successful because they're based on really simple mechanics. Uh, mechanics like, again, a ball bouncing across the screen, or the case of any MMORPG, it's, you know, a series of checkpoints, um, you know, pick this item up, and this will happen. Um, that's all a quest really is, um, and it's been simple since the early days of text adventures, and it's still, at its heart, pretty simple today. Uh, the only thing that's grown complicated is the assets for games. And I think that's really what's um, kind of dragged things down, if anything. Uh, because it's still possible to make a kick-ass game um, from a design perspective uh, and program it for, I don't know, $500. Maybe less. Um but if you expect it to be a AAA title and if you expect it to be taken seriously in this market, um, these days you're probably going to need a million to a million and a half to make a really crappy looking game. Um, you know, I have to wonder what kind of budget um, the original Angry Birds uh, went out on because it couldn't have been that high, but yet the graphics look good. Uh, again, it's something that's been ex incredibly successful, and I think the reason it's incredibly successful is because it relies on those core gameplay elements. Those things that, once again, going back, were discovered with Pong. Um, you know, it's just, uh, games, it's not about creating this massively immersive 3D environment. Uh, that makes you go all googly-eyed. Uh, you can do that. I mean, that's the appeal of games like Myst and um, that sort of thing. And I have to wonder if they're still making those. Um, but I think the greater entertainment, the greater value is in the simplicity of it. Um, heck, think of uh, SimCity. SimCity, again, design-wise pretty simple. Uh, there's not a lot of graphic intensity to it. You don't need a massive 3D world. Uh, the side-scroller, again, um, to my mind, the 2D side-scroller is still one of the most successful gaming platforms um, because you can make a side-scroller and do your sprites as long as you have good artists uh, these days and I don't know, 50 hours, maybe? Uh, something like that. And, uh, I don't know, I, to me, and I call this aging gamer syndrome, 
I don't know if it is or not, but that's what I call it. Um, you know, the Halos uh, of today kind of... Well, they, they kill what gaming's really about, um, to me. Because, yes, they have that basic interaction, and yes, they entertain the heck out of 14-year-olds. Um, Lord knows I was really entertained by GoldenEye and Perfect Dark when I was 13 and 14. But, to me, I look back at older games, um, and I've seen this example play out, watching Cody play games. Um, Cody being the adoptive semi-brother. Um... You know, I watched him play Halo Reach. Um, and, you know, he's just a typical first-person shooter, 14-year-old player. Uh, he likes to spawn camp. He likes to do cheesy, cheap things. Um, and I'm sure I did the same thing when I was his age. Um, but he goes, to he goes to play Halo, and he does it pretty well, and he finds it pretty easy. Uh, even the single-player campaign, uh, which I can't play worth beans. Uh, now, granted, I'm the world's worst gamer. It took me 17 years to, to beat the first Mario Brothers, um, and I'm still trying to beat Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But, um, you know, I watch, him I watch Cody play Perfect Dark uh, as ported onto the Xbox 360. Um, and he's confused as all get out. He can't understand the missions, he can't understand where it's going, um, and to me that says that games are getting a lot more asset rich, um, in other words, we're spending millions on making the 3D graphics look good, um, and we're forgetting about the core elements, the, the thing that makes the game good. Um, I think corp you know, corporate structures aside, all that crap, uh, if you want to make a good game these days, still, um, follow the example of Angry Birds. Find a good core mechanic that's simple, that makes sense, that doesn't have a lot of glitz and glamour to it, and make it engaging. As long as you have that, you will have a successful game, and you will have, I'd say, successfully lived up to the heritage um, of the gaming industry as founded by... Mr. Bushnell. And again, happy birthday, Mr. Bushnell. Thank you so much for doing all the hard work that you've done. Please keep it up. I'd love to see what you're doing. I'd love to find out more about what you're doing. Um, if for some reason you're listening to this, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com is the email address if you want to say hi. Um, that would be cool. Uh, but happy birthday. Thanks again. And uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and I'm not going to do my normal donate thing. Um, you know where the podcast page is. Nicknackjack.lipson.com uh, You can figure that out. Uh, other than that, stay safe. Stay sane. Happy landings. Happy gaming. Happy railroading.